Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. After 14 years as the world's leading English language cycling magazine, Rouleur is expanding with new editions in Italian and Spanish. We hear from the two editors of these ruler offspring about their very different routes into cycling journalism, their turbulent 2020, and their hopes for the season to come. This is Ruler Conversations, brought to you by LACA, bicycle insurance powered by the community. So after celebrating 100 issues of Rouleur magazine and news of the first ever women's edition, on this podcast we're turning our attention to two versions of Rouleur. An Italian edition launched towards the end of last year and its Spanish sister magazine, Volata. I'm joined from Bergamo in northern Italy by Emilio Previtali, editor of Rouleur Italia. Yeah. Buongiorno. And from Barcelona by Olga Abalos, editor of Volata. Hello, hola from Barcelona. <laughs> so, Emilio, let's start with you. The Italian edition is uh, essentially made up of uh, translated versions of the articles in the English language version, but also some uh, specific Italian content. Is that right? Yeah, it's right. We try to do a magazine that is. Uh, uh, in the style and in the quality of Rouleur, as usual. But at the same time, we are trying to add a little bit of uh, stories uh, and point of view um, for Italians, people living in Italy. And uh, so just making a little bit more international. This is what we try to do. From what I've seen, um, the Rouleur Italia is very... Uh, different to most other Italian cycling uh, magazines and cycling press? Uh, yeah, for sure. The style of Rouleur. And uh, so we mainly talk uh, uh, about stories and about uh, athletes. And the story is pretty long. So the reading part of the magazine and the picture, the, the photography has a really high quality, as all the Rouleur readers already know. And... Uh, in Italy, actually, there are just uh, one magazine doing that kind of uh, stories. And uh, it's Italian, so it's more based on Italian athletes and stories. And then basically, there are a lot of other uh, magazines, but uh, more focused on news and uh, really quick information. And so we will try to, to be a little bit different, even if we do eight issues every year, just like uh, Rouleur International, trying to go a little bit more deep in the stories, try to find uh, story angles, really interesting, and just using cycling to talk about everything. I mean, almost everything, because we are passionate about cycling, but also about stories and sports in general. So people, that's the the key points of, of the project, I think. The stories of the athletes, the stories of the teams and stories, kind of contemporary stories, but also older stories as well. That's really important because Italy is a place where uh, 
everything is uh, old. I mean, uh, we have a really long history. And so for us, uh, the, the point of view on uh, history, la storia, is, is, is a bit different. I mean, we, we try to find something epic, something really relevant, also in the modern cycling, because it's pretty easy to, to have epic, epic stories uh, from the, you know, the, the pioneers or people like Coppi, Gimondi, uh, Adorni, all the old champions. But at the same time, the challenge is to find uh, in the modern cycling, in everyday activity of the athletes, when they train, when they fail, when they do their own things, you know, the normal things, try to find something epic because the stories are uh, everywhere. So we need to be at the right place in, in, in the right moment to catch the story uh, the readers want to, to know. And how did you first get involved in cycling? How long have you been involved? So I had a, um, a career as a professional athlete, but uh, I was not a cyclist. I was a, a ski mountaineer and a mountaineer. So I spent a lot of time skiing and uh, climbing big mountains like 8,000 meter peak and skiing on that mountain. And uh, I studied at the university to become a um, sport instructor, like a coach and teacher. And so I used cycling as my training. In particular, I've been a triathlete. And that was uh, my, my daily routine. Cycling was my passion, my training, and a good way to combine the other, my passion for journalism and storytelling. Like, I really like uh, the stories. And so at some point when, when I was uh, uh, a journalist, I, I was a journalist and I was uh, uh, the editor of a ski mountaineering magazine in Italy, I said, ah, I would like to, to talk about cycling because in cycling, there are a lot of stories to tell. There is the sport I like. There is the things I do every day for training. And so maybe that's the, the moment when I decided to become a, a person who was uh, telling stories about cycling. So it was, it was a way to complete my passion for the, for the sport, I mean, for the action. Because to me, cycling is, is a good way to, to push my butt on the pedals, but also to, to know. It is, is a way to interact with people. That's the reason why cycling is so relevant in my life even if I'm, I'm a mountaineer. <laughs> Olga uh, Volata has been running for um, several years, hasn't it? How did you get involved in launching the magazine? Mm, uh, yeah, Volata started six years ago here in, in Barcelona. We started the magazine, three, um, three people, two journalists and one um, cinema producer. And we three were like super, we were somehow involved in, in cycling. And, you know, we, we decided to start the magazine because, especially in my case, I wasn't happy with the kind of journalist I was doing at that moment. Because, you know, when you are freelance journalist, you are all the time doing whatever. I mean, <laughs> all kind of jobs and writing about things that you are told to write about and maybe you have to do all the things like very quickly and you don't have time to develop anything and then uh, you know when you publish something finally you end up finding yourself that uh, that the article is totally different than the way you 
you write it because the editor decided <laughs> to take few a few words out or whatever. So I wasn't happy about what is happening, and I saw, and I thought to myself, there should be another way to do journalism. I mean, I wanted to do journalism. I wanted to be a journalist to work on on good stories to even to make a, a good service to the society. So I wanted to do something better. And that's why I decided to, to run and to start a magazine like, uh, like Bolata, just to have time and room and space to develop the stories I wanted to, to, to tell. And why a cycling magazine? Um, were you passionate about cycling? Um, uh, have you always been passionate about cycling? Yeah, yeah. I, actually, uh, cycling was my... It's this sport I always been involved in. Actually, I was a cyclist myself. I was uh, racing for a few years in the past, so I was not good at all. I can tell you, <laughs> but um, you know, for years I was all day on my bike, and uh, you know, it, it's the sport of my life. So, uh, like uh, Emilio said, is a an sport that can change your life completely because. Even if you are training and you are very focused on doing what you have to do on your bike, and maybe one day you only have to do, you know, like uh, some e some efforts, or there's another day you have to do a circuit or whatever. Every time you go on your bike, you come back home differently. In mind, I mean, something happens when you go on your bike, and that feeling is what I like from uh, about about cycling. And, uh, and since cycling is the sport of my life, so I wanted to do something related with that. And was Velata, when you set it up, in any way influenced by Rouleur? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I discovered Rouleur like 10 years ago, more or less. I had some friends in the um, United Kingdom and uh, actually near, they were living at that time in near Manchester. And they also were involved in, in, in cycling. And one day I was visiting them and uh, they had a, like a collection of, uh, a small collection of, uh, well, they have some issues of the magazine there. And I look at that and I said, oh, what's that? And I, and I said to myself, oh, I really want to do something like this. And that was like a first seat in my brain. And, and after a few years, so when I decided to, to do something radical in my life and start this magazine, I thought, okay, yeah, I think in Spain, or at least in Spanish, there should be something like, uh, like Rouler or at least something similar. I mean, that has the same, the same feeling, yeah. Emilio, you're based um, uh, right at the heart of Italian cycling country, really, aren't you? But it was also one of the areas that was most affected by uh, COVID uh, towards the beginning of last year. How are things there now? I think that everyone was expecting uh, the the COVID just disappear some sometime uh, this summer at the end of the summer, and maybe we didn't understand. Uh, that uh, the problem is is more complex and complicated than we were uh, thinking before, and maybe also from uh, you know events and uh, uh, competition organizer, maybe they were not really ready to to imagine uh, another way to to do races or uh, events. Just look also at uh, football because at the beginning they say. No, we won't play uh, till the moment we will have the 
the stadium uh, full of people. Uh, cycling was the same. People said, ah, uh, without people around, won't be cycling. But at the end, we need to learn that uh, maybe for a couple of years, if we want to compete uh, and do ra uh, racing, cycling competition, we, we just need to, to imagine another way to compete. And so I heard from professional cyclists, they are scared because they don't really understand what is going to happen. Uh, what is going to happen for their team and uh, this is the same for people they don't understand what is going to happen with the Giro or the, the beginning of the season like the Milano Sanremo and the Tirreno Adriatico so everything is is so strange right now the only thing uh, pretty sure pretty uh, good I would say is that all the companies and in Italy, we have many bike uh, industries. They are really happy because uh, they are working a lot. Cycling is becoming really relevant and they are selling a lot of bikes. A lot of people uh, never been in bikes on, on a bike before. Is seriously taking uh, the idea to be a cyclist as an important moment in, in their life. So I think for cycling, this is a, a strange, but also positive moment is not positive for competition but it's positive for uh, people maybe people like to to explore uh, the surrounding of uh, of the place where they live and in italy we have wonderful climbs and roads to explore you don't really need to to go far or in other countries Gravel biking and e-bikes uh, have really taken off. Uh, it seemed to have really taken off in the past year, almost sort of boosted by COVID. Is that happening in Italy as well? Yeah, yeah, really, really. Uh, both things, gravel and uh, e-bike. I would say that uh, gravel are more for people living in Tuscany or in a region like in Veneto, where there are uh, beautiful uh, and incredible roads like the old uh, military road where you can go for uh, uh, miles I would say kilometers and and enjoy the you know the road the gravel and the e-bikes are really taking off in the Alps because in the Alps we don't have uh, these long valleys and flats uh, I mean if you are in a valley in the Alpine uh, valleys you just climb or you go down so we have a lot of uh, e-bikes really taking off and uh, the kind of bikes they sell there are more mountain bikes so i would say not really road bikes but for sure e-bikes are really taking off here are you actually able to ride your bike at the moment outside uh, i mean in these days we had snow so till like uh, yesterday was uh, pretty unsafe to to go with with the bike because if you if you go like at um, 1000 meter there is the snow on the road still so it can be icy and snowy but um, today after the rain can be fine and so i think uh, in the next days when the the lockdown will will finish we will see a lot of people around because everyone want to really go on the bike and stay outside even if as Italian, we are used on to go uh, with just good weather, but now everyone wants to go outside and it's possible to do it. This is Ruler Conversations brought to you by LACA, bicycle insurance powered by the community. 
Lacquer's collective cover is made especially for cyclists for life on and off your bike. They've transformed traditional insurance to provide customers with a fairer, collective-driven approach to cycle insurance. Say goodbye to fixed upfront premiums. Instead, your monthly contributions are based on the collective's claims that month. Your maximum monthly price is capped, but the savings are all yours. And they have some big news. Lacquer will be running its first ever crowdfunding campaign and offering equity for the pack. Cyclists have helped Lacquer bring a much better model of insurance to the masses. That's why they want to invite you to join the ride. They're pleased to be able to give Ruler listeners the opportunity to own a part of Lacquer. You can invest in the future of Lacquer from as little as £10 and become a huge part of their collective. To register and to find out more about Lacquer's crowdfunding campaign, head to lacquer.co. Remember, your money is at risk when you invest. This announcement is approved by Cedars. This is Ruler Conversations. I'm talking with Emilio Previtali, editor of Ruler Italia, and Olga Abalos, uh, editor of Volata in Spain. And you can subscribe to Ruler in English, Italian, or Spanish, or all three if you want, on ruler.cc. And check out a wide range of the best cycling kit and products from around the world in the Ruler online shop. Now then, here's an infomercial message for the discerning folk of Rulerland. For the finest long-form cycling journalism and exquisite photography and design, why don't you simply subscribe to Ruler magazine? It costs as little as £7 per month. Regular columnists include Orla Shenwi, Roma Badet and me, Ned Bolting, accompanied by features from the best writers and photographers in the business. Simply go to ruler.cc. You know it makes sense. Now, Olga, obviously, uh, Spain was also badly affected by uh, COVID and continues to be. Um, what's the position there now and, and how's it looking for uh, 2021 for the next year? Actually, I mean, the people, they, they started to get the, the vaccine right here. So it's supposed that in a few months we'll have that uh, immunity. But I think pe- people is like very optimistic about that and we it will take like all this year maybe at the end of the year will be much better and the thing is in Spain is that since uh, there are not many money to support business so we are constantly open and closing business to find that balance between health and and business and you know and the thing at the moment is like you don't know what to expect for the next month even because all the rules are changing constantly and for instance at the moment here in in Barcelona at the end of the week will be more or less locked down again and we are not able to leave the city for instance so nobody can leave the city and the things also in Spain is that since Spain is divided in different areas, it's not like a federal state, but it's something like in between. So each area of Spain has its own rules, its uh, own way to to face the pandemic. So there's a bit of a chaos, <laughs> to be honest. We have to be positive. And as Emilio said, um, this situation, ironically, is being like very good for for cycling and for for sport in general, because people see sports as a as a way to be healthy and and a way to to be outside a good a good excuse to be outside. The Vuelta was in the end a really good race last year, and there have been suggestions that it could maybe move later, move to a later slot permanently. How do you think that would? 
go down in Spain? I mean, from my point of view, that will be perfect because, you know, Vuelta, since it was moved to, to late summer, like late August, first weeks of September, and the aim of the La Vuelta somehow was to cover all the territory. What happened? That uh, in the south of Spain, in you know, in August and September, it's like very, very hot. All the views and all the lands were like yellow without life. So, <laughs> and there were some boring uh, stages because nothing happened there. So the thing is that you go there because you have to show the territory and you have to you know, uh, if, if the places were paying for La Vuelta to, to pass through their their towns. So, well, La Vuelta had to go there, but they weren't very interesting. So for me, if I if I have to decide, I prefer to do it in in October or November because it's more more interesting in terms of showing another another kind of uh, landscapes from from Spain. Uh, Emilio, the uh, Giro was uh, among the first really big casualties of COVID last year. How do you think it's going to go this year? Are they still optimistic of a of a start in May? I think uh, yes, because uh, this could be complicated to to change again all the calendar, and of course they will need to to do the bubble maybe just like they did the last year. And there is also another reason I think is is because uh, in the Giro you have really big climbs to do, like the Stelvio, uh, the mountains like uh, uh, the Dolomites, uh, or in, in the area like the Bardonecchia and so that side of the mountains. And uh, you go really high. Like uh, if you go in October, like the last year was, they were really lucky with the the, the weather because it was cold, but as, as a professional skier, I was going there in October for skiing. I was staying there one month and was unbelievable to imagine that one day in October, the Giro was going through that place. And so they want to avoid risk. And uh, I'm sure if they can, they will organize the, the Giro and everything like normally do at the beginning of the season. And what are you both, um, Emilio first, what are you both looking forward to uh, this year, particularly once, hopefully, once COVID is uh, more under control? Um, what are you looking forward to seeing and writing about? So personally, uh, I was really surprised that because as uh, Olga said, when there is some challenge, you need to put on the table some extra uh, energy. And for example, this year, uh, I had any competition. I like to compete in some uh, racing time trial in particular or triathlons. And I was really surprised to discover that at the end of the lockdown, I was in, in, in a great shape. I mean, I did so much training on, on Swift, uh, on the platform and on the road I have here where I live like uh, a couple of kilometers to climb just up and down, that uh, I spent the whole season doing my own personal best on climbs and um, places where you, you, you can do your own uh, challenge. And so the next year, I, I want to, I would say, I want to compete. I want to meet other people, to enjoy the, the time I spend with other people. But at the same time, 
I want to challenge myself again a little bit more to, to try to improve because improve is, is the keyword of, of this year for me, just to hold tight and just try to do a little bit more and a little bit more. And this is something I want to transfer uh, even in the next year, even if, as I hope, we will meet other people and we will leave competition and sports like uh, we are used to do it. And how about you, Olga? I mean, in terms of racing and everything, I'm really hoping La Volta Catalunya, which is the oldest race here in, in Spain, to, to happen finally, because last year they should uh, celebrate their 100th edition and they couldn't. And, uh, and this is a, a big you know, a big thing, uh, thing for, yeah, for, for the world of cycling, because it's the, the third oldest, uh, race by stages in the world. So, so I really hope they can make it. And we have, uh, La Volta, uh, La Volta of Catalonia next, uh, this, this year. And then I, well, yeah, somehow I also expect more or less the, the races and all the season is, uh, you know, it's happening in a certain normality if this is if this is possible. But let's see, let's see what what happened. I, I think a good thing that we all learned last year is that we need to be more flexible with everything. I guess it's like if something happens, it happens. If it's not happening, okay, it's not so bad. So, <laughs> so it's like uh, you know when when sometimes I, I I was like speaking to cyclists and I was asking them how was the pandemic with them if they if, if they were worried or not. And some of them, the most uh, the oldest one, they were saying that look, I learned by the by the years that. I only can be focused on, on the things I can control. So I cannot control the pandemic. So this is, is like a, a way to, to survive mentally, I guess. <laughs> so, and then personally, I'm not in, in so in, uh, in that good shape that Emilio has. So unfortunately, <laughs> but uh, I hope I can ride my bike more often because this year was... Uh, was very tough. So I did some work at home, workouts at home, but blah, I need to go out and do, you know, kilometers and kilometers around. So I hope we can, we can do that uh, at some point. Okay. Olga, Emilio, thank you both for joining us. I uh, look forward to speaking to you again and to improving my very poor Italian and Spanish by reading the magazine. So that's it from this Ruler Conversations. There'll be a long reads along next week. Until then, take care. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Super Light Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Code SUPER24.